Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce coming to you live uh, after today's game that uh, was very interesting uh, for anybody that watched here on Sunday. Um, odd game, very odd game. Cubs lose, unfortunately, and, and ultimately split with the White Sox this weekend. Awesome win on Saturday. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. Um, just a really ugly loss, in my opinion, on Sunday. A game they absolutely should have won, and they could have won, and they didn't. Uh, they had multiple uh, multiple chances, really, to put this game away. Just unable to do so. Um, and unfortunately, that is the byproduct sometimes of when your team is, A, not fully healthy. You know, Seiya Suzuki, obviously, in the lineup, uh, among other names. But also, the bat's not coming alive until late in the game, and then the bullpen unable to shut it down for the Cubs. But before we talk negative, let's talk positive. Uh, and some of that positive is that the Cubs won on Saturday. It was a great win, 5-1 uh, to one over the White Sox, uh, an absolutely beautiful day. Christopher Morell just continues to get on base. Why do we like Christopher Morell? Because he gets on base. That's the money ball, money ball gift right there. If I've ever seen it, two walks for him and a hit uh, with a run scored as the leadoff hitter and a couple of hits for Frank Schwindel, a hit for Patrick Wisdom for a couple RBIs, a three hit game for Nico Horner. So lots of good in Saturday's game. I think what was even more impressive though about Saturday's game was Keegan Thompson. I really think Keegan Thompson just, again, he reported himself. He said, didn't feel great, right? He was like, I, I thought I was all over the place. I got lucky. If that's getting lucky for Keegan Thompson, uh, that that's amazing. That's absolutely appalling uh, that he can cruise like that the way he did. Five innings for him, only five hits, gave up just the one earned run on the home run, uh, only one walk and four Ks. Keegan Thompson's ERA sits at a cool, crisp 158 on the season. Uh, F. Ross came in, got the hold, uh, struck out three with a walk as well. And then Wick, Givens, and Robertson ultimately cleaning that game up. No save for Robertson because of the four-run lead. Um, so the Cubs get out of it, use all their best pitchers, but seal a win. Uh, they were able to beat up Johnny Cueto, who is now 0-1 officially as a White Sox. His first two starts, he was actually very good. Uh, both, I believe, were no decisions in his case. Uh, finally gets tattooed for a loss. Six and two-thirds from Cueto. Nine hits, five runs, three walks, two Ks for him. And I think the biggest thing from Saturday's game, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, and you can tweet at me. You can find me at Loose on Tap on Twitter. But it, Keegan Thompson, the more and more and more he pitches, I feel like he's going to have a chance to slide into this rotation at some point. And I know Juice mentioned this on a show recently with me, and if you haven't gotten caught up on our recent episodes, you can listen to them whenever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also watch the actual production on YouTube uh, as well. And, you know, again, join us in the comments when we are live on YouTube. But going back to the, the Thompson discussion here, Juice said it himself that if Steele continues to struggle, maybe Steele becomes the long, long inning guy out of the pen and Thompson finds his way into this rotation. And I think Keegan Thompson is at least making a good case, continues to pitch incredibly well. Again, the 158 ERA is absolutely stellar. He's been a sensation. He looks so much better. He's cut down on the walks. That was really his biggest issue at the end of 2021 when he did take over in the rotation post-sell-off and, and post-all the craziness when him and Steele ultimately got their looks at the end of last season. 
but he looks like a different pitcher this year. And I think if Keegan Thompson continues to take steps forward like this and looks that good when he is starting, and again, they're using him as a spot starter right now because of all the injuries. Wade Miley just went on the 15-day IL. Um, obviously, the inconsistencies with Justin Steele. Uh, really, you know, the most consistent pitchers, and we're going to get to one of these two here in a, in, a, in a few minutes, but really have been Drew Smiley and Marcus Stroman. I've been the two most consistent pitchers so far for the Cubs. Wade Miley's been very good as well, but again, you lose him now for at least, what, two, maybe three starts. So they're they're going to have to find ways to fill in that rotation. And right now, Keegan Thompson is doing a hell of a job doing it, and it certainly makes me excited as a Cubs fan uh, seeing him do so well. I, I think this is a guy that the Cubs see as a huge part of the future, and if he continues to grow and move forward, that's only going to benefit him. So, again, awesome game on Saturday. That was the type of game where, as a Cubs fan, there's not a lot to bitch about. The offense was showing up. Uh, the defense did their job. Pitching was solid. And that's all you need. You got a W at Guaranteed Rate Fielder, as we like to call it here at ONTAP Sportsnet, the G spot. But ultimately, outside of, you know, yesterday, you walk into today, right? In today's game, very different. Cubs obviously losing an extra five to four. However, very good start today from Marcus Stroman. My guy, the Stro Show, absolutely shoving. Seven innings of no run ball, only three hits, two walks, two Ks for him. He actually lowers his ERA below under four now, which awesome for Stro. Happy for him. He's really starting to settle in and look like himself, but he just dealt today. Weak contact. They couldn't get anything going. Elite defense, two incredible plays from Marcus Stroman. Again, if anybody's going to be a gold glover on this Cubs team this year, it's probably going to be Marcus Stroman at the pitcher spot because he is just continuing to show the athlete that he is when he's out on the mound. Incredible play, picking a 103-and-a-half-mile-per-hour just missile out of the air and throwing it over to first. Uh, and then, obviously, the incredible play on the bunt to get it over to third. Wisdom with the tag uh, to get that lead runner. And really, it kept the Cubs at the time in front. Uh, at that time, the Cubs leading one nothing after Rafael Ortega scored on an error. Uh, Jake Berger, and ultimately, Jake Berger gets Berger gets that one back. Uh, as he got the walk-off hit actually today for the White Sox. Again, if you didn't call or didn't get to see that. Three blown saves, though, for the Cubs today. And I think this is where with the pitching. Again, Stroh, awesome. Delt looked great. I'm happy. Marcus looked like a champ. It's everything that you want to see out of your effectively number one starter. I mean, I know everybody says that Kyle Hendricks is the ace of the staff, but maybe this is a little bit of a hot take. I don't think it's that much of a hot take right now, given how things have gone. But you look at performance. Kyle Hendricks right now is not your number one pitcher. It's by far Marcus Stroman of late. And you, I mean, you could argue Keegan Thompson has been that guy, or even Drew Smiley has kind of been that guy. But Stroh just continues to settle in, just looked fantastic today. My fantasy team certainly appreciates that. Um, and he just continues to thrive in a Cubs uniform. Not a lot of hits, not a lot of hard contact against Stroh lately. Looks like he's really starting to get that feel and that kind of energy that we all know and appreciate from Marcus Stroman. So great start for him today. Again, seven innings, but this bullpen is just giving me anxiety. It gives me heartburn. It gives me acid reflux, whatever term you want to use. Because again, Givens comes in, gets the job done, gets the hold third of the season for him. He looked great. He has an ERA under three now as well. But David Robertson, a guy who's just been so good all year, and I think it's the manner in which it happened too, right? He comes in for the save. First guy gets on base. And then they uh, – it, it was almost a swinging bunt or just a bunt in general. He goes to play it and just airmails the ball. Alfonso Rivas is – 
literally the only reason that the runner doesn't score there for the White Sox because he picked it out of midair. An absolutely incredible play for Alfonso Rivas, if you ask me. Uh, again, I would argue today, I love Frank the Tank. There was two occasions where Frank the Tank at first base today, I think if he's a better defender at first, it, it helps the Cubs. It has a positive impact. And I think if Rivas is in there, it has that positive impact. One of them was uh, turning two earlier in the game. Um, Schwindel not as far off the base as you'd probably like him for the stretch to try and get the out. And they just miss getting Engel, who's a good runner. Uh, and then later in the game, obviously, doesn't get the pick. Um on the Nico Horner throw. And I think they get Horner an error, which I think is not true. It's either, I agreed with, uh, with Sarah on Twitter. Everybody knows her in the Cubs community. Um, she said it perfectly. She said, it's either, it's gotta be an E3 or it's gotta be a, a single, like you gotta pick one of the two. There's no way in hell. Yeah. It's not the greatest throw from Nico, but a, 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 a good starting first baseman in the MLB makes that pick. So you hate to see it there. And, and Robertson just, did not look great, but they managed to get out of the inning and, and go to extras. And then Efros comes in and blows it again. And that's the, the second blown save of the day. And then uh, Robert G uh, Gesellman, I think it's Gesellman. It's always a weird name to pronounce. Nonetheless, uh, he ultimately comes in, blows another save. So the Cubs had chances to win this game. The bats came around late in extras. They were getting that guy home from second, really all the way until the end there in the 12th. Uh, and then as we mentioned, White Sox walk it off. Uh, ultimately, the ghost runner gets to third with one out. Jake Berger comes up. They pull in Morell from the outfield to have that five-man infield on a ground ball to try and prevent the run from scoring. Uh, unfortunately, he puts it in the outfield. Ian Happ couldn't get to it, and the Cubs lose. So it's really the bone that I have to pick, I, I think, with this series is today. They could have taken both of these games, and that would have been huge. We talked about it on Thursday's show. It would be such a momentum boost to go into the G spot and take both games against the White Sox and use that momentum as you roll into what's going to be a very tough part of the schedule here with the Brewers. You have four games against them in three days, and then you have five games with the Cardinals in four days, all at Wrigley Field, thankfully. So you hope the Cubs show up and ready to play at their home ballpark. But this is a tough stretch. This is really where, I, in my opinion, this team is going to learn what they are is in this coming stretch. You're playing the, the two teams that are ahead of you in the division, the two teams that are clearly the better two teams in the division this season. And again, how do the Cubs match up? How do the Cubs stack up against the Brewers? First, first series of the, of the season, we all thought that it was great. Cubs come out, you know what I mean? Effectively win the series. They can technically split, I think, if you count it based on the makeup game, that'll be a part of uh, tomorrow's doubleheader. And we'll get to that in a minute, but I mean, they won two of three against the Brewers that opening weekend. Everybody was feeling good. Okay, hey, this Cubs team can can beat up on Milwaukee a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this time around. Milwaukee's 30 and 18, I believe, right now, firmly atop the NL Central. Uh, and then the Cardinals, again, a team that's just a pain in the ass. There's a reason that Juice always says, fuck the Cardinals at the end of every show. It's because the Cubs, Cubs fans hate them because they're constantly good. It's always a heated rivalry. And you know, this is really the first time the Cubs have seen them much this year because the two games set that would have happened early in the season wasn't played yet because the season started a week later. So this is the first time the Cubs are seeing the St. Louis Cardinals. And again, the Cardinals, a team that continues to bring up young talent. Matthew uh, Liberatore just came up. He's probably their best starting pitching prospect. They still have guys like Carlson, Arenado, and, and Goldschmidt just continue to perform and produce. 
So it's going to be a big series, but this was the series kind of reeling it back into today is this is where the Cubs could have taken advantage. They could have taken both games and they really should have taken both games. I, I'm, I was ready to rack my head off the wall at one point in those extra innings because constantly the offense stepped up. The bats got the job done. They got the runs, right? Like the, the Higgins bunt turns into him on second base and Nico Horner scoring because of the errant throw from Ronaldo Lopez. And then, you follow that up with a morale hit to give you a two run lead and then you blow it. Right. And it's just, it's frustrating because this is the bull. The bullpen was supposed to be what we thought was going to be strong. And it has been overall so far. I'm not saying that the bullpen hasn't been strong, but it really hurt today. Not having Rowan wick because he threw yesterday. I know Robertson threw yesterday, but of course you're going to use him in a safe situation there late in the game. So ultimately you had some tired pitchers coming out of the pen Obviously, late in today's game, we saw it. They had to bring in Gesellman because he was like the only available arm. Martin went on the bereavement list today, so they were without him in the bullpen. And there wasn't a corresponding move yet, uh, if you've read it on tabsportsnet.com. I believe it's going to be Nelson Velasquez is the call-up. That's the reports that are out there that he will be uh, up with the team as of tomorrow officially. I'm sure they're just waiting for timing and sake to officially make the roster move, but it's going to happen. But they they could have used an extra bullpen arm today, and they didn't have it. They had to rely on guys that had pitched the day before, and those guys didn't have it today. Robertson didn't have it. Efros didn't have it. And then Gesellman came in and, and certainly didn't have it either. He got the loss today. He's now 0-2 on the year. So tough game, hard pill to swallow. You would have loved the split of the season series as well because it's the last time we have to see the White Sox all year. Um, you would have loved to have taken at least two of the games, right? Two out of the four. Each team beats each other at the opposing ballpark, and you keep it moving. Instead, White Sox win the season series. Cubs get a split. That's cool. They got a big win yesterday it was, uh, on Saturday. It was nice, but a little bit of a heartbreaker. It was. It would have been a lot more exciting to talk about two wins, uh, and just the way today's game played out made it harder to be get excited about yesterday's game. I had a great time watching it. was out with some friends, enjoying the Memorial Day weekend, beautiful weather. Um, was out, actually, with Patrick Comiskey, uh, who's an on-tap Sportsnet contributor here. and. We were out just having a good time watching the game. He's obviously a White Sox fan, but all of us that were there in attendance that were Cubs fans were absolutely enjoying ourselves. Uh, and then today, just this one kind of stunk it up a little bit. You know what I mean? Not too terribly, but just enough where it, it leaves a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth. So there you get the split. White Sox walk it off today. It's tough, but we put it in the rear view in our league play. We don't see the White Sox anymore this season as Cubs fans. And, uh, you know, we can put this this quote-unquote rivalry to bed, at least for the 2022 season. Um, again, my my favorite takeaway of this whole thing, starting pitching for the Cubs was electric between Thompson and Stroman today. Um, you know, hopefully the, the starting pitching can continue to perform well, and, and hopefully the bullpen can rebound. Because, again, you got a doubleheader on Monday. You've got more games coming up here, too, uh, that – are going to be important, and that's that's going to be so, so critical. And Tyler, absolutely agree with you, buddy. Hey, and what's up to you, my friend? Uh, he says, you may have mentioned it. Well, he says, what's up, Blues? What's up, dude? Uh, you may have mentioned it, but one positive from this game, Christopher Morrell, the man has delivered so, several quality at-bats. I can't read today. In clutch situations so far, love to see it. Tyler, I absolutely agree, my friend. That that, that is spot on because – he is such an electric factory, and I think this is this is a great thought, a good positive thought to wrap up this White Sox series on because Morel delivered, right? We said it on Saturday. He he played that effective as a leadoff guy. What do you want out of a leadoff guy? You want a guy that gets on base, and he did that in that win, in that 5-1 win on Saturday, has a hit and two walks, scores a run. I mean, that's that's 
that's perfect production out of a guy that is your leadoff hitter. And then they got production out of guys in the middle of the lineup. Wisdom and Schwindel both with two RBIs. Horner had three hits in the seventh spot. Even Andrelton Simmons had an RBI in that game. So that's just indicative of how the bats were hitting. Uh, and then even today, Morel still coming through in the clutch. Sure, yes, he he was ultimately one for six on the day with two strikeouts. But guess what? He continues to put together quality at bats, which is absolutely actually it's mind-boggling because this kid was just at double a and i know that everybody's like well yeah he like skipped triple a that's incredible usually you get a pretty good idea of how good a baseball player is once they get to double a double a is like that biggest step right like think about it in like a corporate structure for anybody that works in a corporate world you'll understand this this analogy or even really in any job right the 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 hardest promotion to get is from like a quote-unquote worker b to a manager in a baseball player's case, it's typically, and again, this is like the general belief and rule of thumb is the biggest jump is from high A to double A. And if a guy can really succeed at double A, they usually can succeed still at triple A. And I think we're seeing that with guys like Caleb Killian. Uh, we saw that with Nelson Velasquez, where he started out cold for the Iowa Cubs when he got called up. I think it was an 0 for 14 streak. Um, Elise Menneker said on the broadcast today via Alex Cohen. Um, but He's been really good since then. He's been hitting the ball a lot better. He, he looks like a guy that's ready for a big league chance. And it's just, it's cool seeing these guys do this. But like Morell coming up from double A, and literally today was the first day he finally uh, dipped his average below 300. He has been so good. But Tyler, like you said, he he comes in in the clutch. We're starting to see this clutch gene with him. And I think a lot of people got used to that with especially adding in the the theatrics right in 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 theory because everybody's kind of calling him like a baby bias right he's he plays like javi plays plays with emotion he plays with fire he plays with passion and we love that as as baseball fans i think baseball needs more guys like that for example seeing tim anderson get hurt in today's game that sucks because even as a cubs fan i love ta i think ta is a great player but ta is a great player for baseball he plays with passion. He plays with emotion. He has a good time. Like, he is a good, good, good player for the sport. I think Christopher Morell is also a good player for the sport. But Tyler, like you said, man, comes through in the clutch like that, has an electric opportunity to get the Cubs up to there and extras. He does. He delivers. Again, you might look at the, the box score and say he was only one for six, but it's that clutch gene of him coming through in the situation they did, like you said, Tyler, that absolutely – it, you love to see it. You really do love to see it. You 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 finished that message off perfectly, my friend. You love to see it. A young guy having a lot of success at the big league level. Really, I think, proving a lot of people wrong just in the sense that if you would have made bets of who was going to be the Cub first kind of prospect to come up and deliver, nobody was placing bets on Brandon Hughes and Christopher Morrell. Everybody was thinking, oh, Brendan Davis or Caleb Killian, right? But that just shows you how deep this system is. These are guys that the common Cubs fan probably hasn't heard of that are coming up and making a big impact. Now, all of a sudden, you're you're adding guys into that mix like a Brennan Davis, like a Caleb Killian, you know, like like some of these guys that are coming up soon. And then you got guys even further down that, sure, they might be a few years away, but people are going to be excited about James Triantos and Pete Crow Armstrong. I don't think Pete Crow Armstrong is going to be at low A ball for much longer the way he's been hitting, I think he's hitting like almost 400. He's, he's got like almost 10 home runs now. Uh, absolutely crazy, 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 crazy stuff. 
uh, with this Cubs bullpen and just with the, or with this Cubs prospect pool, pardon me, not bullpen, uh, and just things in general. And uh, for those that are listening to this as a podcast, you you won't understand what I'm doing here really quickly, but I'm pulling something up, and it's our boy, Mr. Joe Ricotta, and he's in the in the comments here. Loose on tap, juice on tap, anybody that gets that reference, uh, that that's a fun inside joke. But he also jumps in here and says, Ron, look at my thread for some added thought, things you could talk about would like your thoughts. So I'm going to read them uh, verbatim from Twitter here really quick. Uh, from my boy Joey. Uh, unfortunately, with the Memorial Day weekend, we had some struggles getting a, a full show together. Hopefully tomorrow night, though, we'll be back with you as a, a normal show after the Cubs doubleheader. Uh, but Cubs came threat. Here we go. Both sides played poorly and made mistakes. Absolutely agree. I'll still go back to the top of the ninth inning when the Cubs had a chance to add an insurance run with zero outs and a run around third. Can't swing through fastballs down the middle and can't go down looking. Back-to-back case hurt. I totally agree with you, Joey. You nailed that right there on the head, man. P.J. Higgins needs to improve defensively, need to make that stop inexcusable. I, I agree that five-hole play sucked. It felt like he made it up a little bit again uh, with the, the bunt that – you know, somehow went haywire and it worked in their favor, but I absolutely agree with you. Uh, again, there was a number of occasions today with Higgins behind the plate where I was like, damn it, if that's Willie or Jan behind the plate, it's a different story. So completely agree with you there. Christopher Morrell is electric. Yes, he is. But the cutoff man needs to be hit or else don't attempt to throw. He does have a cannon, but situational baseball, this is a good game to him for, to learn from. I agree. I, I think that was the biggest takeaway, right? Like his bat is there and the defense is certainly there. We've seen him make the defensive plays that are, uh, not even just, you know, how do I put it? Not even just like the crazy impressive plays, right? Like he's, he's making just the good routine plays, like, and even non-routine plays look easy, but I agree with you. It's like his arm is so strong. I feel like he almost tries to do too much with it. And I think that was Joey, what you're kind of saying today here. And you can jump in the comments and let me know if I'm, I'm, I'm on with that because I, I, I agree with you, right? You got to hit your cutoff, man. You can't have throws flying all over the place because that's just extra bases for the White Sox and you can't give that to them in this situation and over the course of the season you just can't give away free bases like that in general Cubs innings one through seven great defense <laughs> innings you know eight through 12 not so great defense it was like a tale of two games today uh defensively really when you look there right it's like Stroh was in and everybody's playing elite defense and then Stroh leaves and all hell breaks loose so who the hell knows uh, Joey still believes in Scott F. Ross. Uh, he had a 106 ERA before May 21st, but his last five games, four and two thirds innings, six earned, and a 1286 ERA. Uh, it's hard to replace that funk and deceptiveness, and the slider sinker combo plays very well off each other. I think it's just a bad stretch for him. I agree. Bullpen pitchers go up and down all the time. Marcus Stroman was terrific. Yes, he was. Uh, gave gave length and zeros for seven innings. It's all you can ask a day before a double hitter. Absolutely. As a Cubs fan, I'm glad they called the runner out at first in the weird play. It should have ended the game, but it should have ended the game. It's a dumb rule. Just add another base. Yeah, let's talk about that really quick. That is a dumb rule because he's in the baseline. And like Boog, Boog put it really, in my opinion, perfectly uh, about today's game. He said on the broadcast, he says, the base isn't even in the lane. So how are these guys supposed to run in the lane and hit the base? It's like you almost need the safety bag like they do in freaking Little League and, and, and you know, in softball. And I don't think they're going to go with the, that. Maybe that's why they're going for the bigger bases, and that's why they're exploring with that. Who knows? I agree with you, Joe. Joey, absolutely stupid rule. Um, yeah, it's dumb. It should have ended the game. I, I even said it from the Cubs on tap count. I said that should have ended the game. It's a dumb rule. Cubs caught a break. Like, that should have ended the game. Because it was a terrible throw, by the way. It was not a good throw from Gesellman at all. It was an awful throw. And I think it hit 
uh, Larry Garcia in the ass. Like it was not a quality throw by any means. And Simmons had a tough time even just trying to pick it. So um, yeah, ugly, unbelievable. And Joey agreed here. Yeah. hundred percent talent is there. Love the energy and just need to know when and when not to absolutely agree. And I think that's a young player thing. I think that's what I think that's the nice thing about Morel, right? Like everybody's like, Oh, he's up and like, he's exciting. He is. And he's just going to get better. Cause he's only 22 years old. Like this, this kid's, He's a baby. He's a baby. He makes me feel old. And I, I like to think I'm not that old. But nonetheless, uh, we'll keep moving here through this because Joey's got two more tweets. It seems and looks dumb, but it'll help prevent injury. Oh, this is further about the base runners. Looks like it'll prevent injuries. Why make runners an indirect path to the back? Yep. They'll only use it. With, yes, exactly. Okay, Joey, we were on the exact same page, and I didn't even read that yet. So love that. Lastly, I just hope this isn't hurting players' trade value. David Robertson has been lights out, but blown more saves and outings like today will hurt his market. I agree. Um, I think the only thing that will keep it safe with a guy like Robertson is just the absolute drooling need teams have at the deadline for bullpen arms. I think there's still a very good possibility that Robertson still gets you a good return. But I agree. If he continues to struggle, teams aren't going to pay a good prospect for him like he might have at the beginning of the season, still has a, a, a two, what? I'm going to look this up here, pardon me. A 208 ERA. I mean, his ERA is still electric, but I agree with you, Joey. Uh, it, it needs to be more consistent. He needs to he needs to close out games like that. Like you need, that win would have been absolutely fantastic. And instead it was a mind-boggling, stupid set of extra innings that I think made every Cubs fan lose like some brain cells today. Uh, yep, yeah, need to get that throw inside horrible play. If Stroh is on the mound, it's an out before the call. Absolutely agree it is. Um, and then one final thought here in the comments uh, before I think it's a good time to put this game to bed because literally today's game just racked my brain. Like I said, uh, our boy Scott from Iowa, that home ump is on Joe West level. Yeah, some atrocious balls called strikes today. Like there was the one on Simmons late in the game. It had to have been three inches above the strike zone, and he called it. Like I'm like, you know, and then and then Simmons swings that one way outside, and I'm like, you know what? I don't blame you for swinging because if the guy's gonna call something that's absolutely a ball a strike, you don't know what the hell the guy's gonna do. So, yeah, just a, a, a mind wracking game today. I get it. The ump wanted to go home. Probably he's probably got dinner plans. I don't know, but it was dumb. Cubs lose. They shouldn't have lost this game. It's actually a frustrating game because I think to to Joey's point, yep, see, Jack says it right here. That was winnable. Absolutely agree. Uh, yeah, and that Simmons call was one for the birds. What the fuck was that? Yeah, I agree with you there, Joey. But, like, I think why today's game is so frustrating is because, A, it was winnable. But, B, today's a game that you win, and it's a good teaching moment, right? Like, it's a, it's a good teaching win. There's development. There's growth, right? Your, your, your top pitcher and Stroman deals. The defense looked elite, again, for the first seven innings. You know, Morrell played great in center overall today, except for the couple of throws. Like, there was a lot of good, and then they blow it. And it just feels like a punch in the gut that they didn't need. And I think that's why I'm so frustrated as a Cubs fan with this game today, because it was absolutely a winnable game. They should have taken both games, swept this mini series here, and rode that into the doubleheader tomorrow. Instead, they're not going to get to do that, and it's frustrating. So, ultimately, Cubs split with the White Sox over the weekend. They lose the absolute barn burner of an extra inning game today, 5-4, to four, but they took the 5-1 win on Saturday. And that's all we have to see of the White Sox against the Cubs for the rest of the year. Thank goodness, I'll be honest with you, because I think, I think you see a lot of fans that are just like, this series doesn't have the same weight. It just doesn't. It hasn't for a while. But that's just my personal opinion. Nonetheless, we are going to look ahead because 
These are games that, in my opinion, are very important. You have nine games in seven days against the top two teams in the NL Central. Brewers for four and three days. And then you got five and four days against the Cardinals at the end of the week. However, we got to start somewhere. We are starting with the Memorial Day holiday. It almost feels apropos that it's a doubleheader on Memorial Day, right? Like America's, you know, America's national pastime is playing a classic doubleheader uh, on a on a national holiday. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, so super duper, duper, duper pumped for this one tomorrow, but let's get into the details. So the first game tomorrow, uh, we'll start at 1205 local time. So it's a 105 first pitch for those in the Eastern time zone, uh, on Monday, May 30th on Memorial day. Uh, it is that beautiful Wrigley field, which you love to see. Uh, if you're listening in the Milwaukee market, if you're a rare Cubs fan up in up North, uh, you can listen to the game WTMJ 620 in the Brewers market, as well as Bally sports, Wisconsin for the feed. And then your usual one, 670, the score WRTO 1200 uh, for radio in Chicago, marquee sports network in the Chicagoland market. And then it will be on MLB network. This first game for out of market people. Um, so if you're an out of market Cubs fan, you can catch this one over on MLB network. It'll be Left-handed pitcher Ethan Small on the mound tomorrow. He's making his season debut. It might actually be his MLB debut, if I remember reading it correctly. Left-handed pitcher um, just called up by the Brewers. So he will start game one in the Cubs. He's our favorite guy that goes on the mound every time. It's TBD for the Cubs. Uh, so we'll see. Again, with the Wayne Miley, uh, with the Wayne Miley issues, uh, you know, they've him now being hurt. The rotation's kind of in flux. It's kind of all over the place. I'm willing to bet we'll see some Drew Smiley probably in one of these two games. Um, but I don't know who else we might see. Maybe we see Alec Mills return. I don't know if he's ready. I know he threw uh, a start. It might have actually been this weekend, so he's probably not ready. But he went, I think, three and two-thirds. Um, only gave up a pair of runs. So not too bad from from Mills. Uh, but they'll call somebody up. Leiter didn't pitch today, so there's a very good chance. Mark Leiter Jr., who they just called up, he was actually called up in place of Wade Miley. Uh, there's a good chance he gets the bump for one of these two games as well. Um, so we can certainly see either one of them. But So that's the first game for tomorrow. And then the second game uh, is actually a makeup of, as I mentioned, the what would have been number two game of the season. Or pardon me, number three game of the season. Um, no, it w- would have been number two, I think. Yes, it would have been number two. Uh, it would have would have been number two indeed. It would have been Friday's game. It would have been Friday's game. So there you go. So it's a makeup. I actually had tickets to that evening game. I actually gave them away um, to the person I gave them to. They are a Cubs Twitter uh, personality. I hope you have fun. Uh, they live right there. So I figured I would I would offer them up that as a uh, a little, hey, enjoy yourself, because uh, I'm not going to be able to make it down there. It's, it's a little tough for me, unfortunately. But we will be back out of the ballpark here at Cubs on tap very, very shortly. But again, let me get not too far off schedule here. Um, but the evening game, it's currently showing as a 640 start, I, but I thought I remembered correctly that they were going to have it start as a 605 game at one point. Maybe they've changed that since, but nonetheless, it's listed as a 640 start central daylight time um, for that second game. Same things apply uh, for listening and watching. This will actually be on MLB network, no matter what, that's not just out of market only. So the Cubs, uh, and Cubs and Brewers doubleheader is on MLB Network. It's actually a big off day for most of baseball. I know the White Sox are off as a good example, um, as well as a number of other teams. So uh, Cubs Brewers get a little bit of national spotlight because of the doubleheader. It'll be Aaron Ashby, who Cubs have seen quite a bit of, um, left-handed pitcher for the Brewers. He's 0-3 on the season, but again, don't let records 
indicate how good a pitcher's thrown. He's got a 291 ERA, which is pretty good. He's got 39 Ks as well. Uh, and there are guys in this Cubs lineup that have seen him. Um, and, and a couple of these guys have have hit him at least a little bit. Um, not many plate appearances, certainly, but um, they've hit him a little bit. And as I mentioned, TBD is still for the Cubs uh, as the pitching matchup. So again, if I'm a betting man, I, I, I think we see Mark Leiter Jr. and Drew Smiley tomorrow. Um, Joey, you might have to help me out with this one, our, our on-tap bets expert. Uh, if there's somewhere I can place that bet of who's going to start tomorrow for the Cubs before it's announced and I can get it right, I would like to win some money on that. I could definitely use it. But um, it'll be good. But my my preview for this game, folks, is going to be super short and super sweet. This is where you find out who the Cubs are. Not as just as us as fans, but the team itself. Who are the Chicago Cubs of 2022? For the rest of the season, are you going to roll over and let the teams that are better than you just absolutely dick kick you every time? Or are you going to play hard against these teams that you need to beat if you want to be competitive this season? I know people are still sitting here and and saying, yeah, the season's over and they're not going to win anything. But they're, you still want to see that fight. I think perfect case scenario for this team if they don't make the playoffs, which as of now, I don't think they will. But if they are within four maybe five games of that last wild card spot when the season's done. To me, that's a successful season for this Cubs team. That is clearly in a re, uh, retool, whatever the hell you want to call it, but it's in a reload, right? They're reloading with talent and you're starting to see some of these guys come along, right? The, the Christopher Morels and we'll, we'll see the Nelson Velasquez and we'll, we'll see Caleb Killian before the year's over. And I I'm assuming if he's healthy, we'll see Brendan Davis at some point as well. I, there's a number of other guys that we still might see this season, but this is, this is year one, right? This is, they, they're building towards something. and and But this is going to be good indication. You're going to show the fight, or are you just going to roll over and play dead? And it starts tomorrow. you got two tough games against the Brewers, where then you have two more with them. Again, four in three days. And then you got the Cardinals at the end of the week for five games in four days. Like, this is game day one. Set the tone. You're at home. You have nine games in seven days, but it's in your ballpark. You get to sleep in your own bed. The other team's got to sleep in a hotel. You get to sleep in your own bed. You are in your facilities. You're in your stadium. You have your fan base there. The Cubs need to show up and play. And if they're going to do that, if they can be, quote unquote, competitive in these nine games against these top NL Central teams in, in the Cardinals and Brewers, that's going to really just show what the makeup of this team is. And I think it tells a lot about this team. I think it tells a lot about David Ross's ability to kind of rally the troops and fire guys up. I think it tells a lot about some of these guys that are up, if they can come up, come out and have a good series. Guys like Christopher Morrell, guys like Patrick Wisdom, guys like Frank Schwindel. Can they continue to hit the way they've hit? Can Wilson Contreras continue what he's doing? And eventually, can this team get a little healthy, right? Jan Gomes not there right now. You'd love to have Wade Miley, who's been great just, Friggin' can't stay healthy, and he's a gem of a human too, as we all saw when he when he was interviewed mid game uh, back in that Pittsburgh series with Boog and JD and, and Taylor McGregor. This is where they need to show up. Show up. You got nine games in seven days. It starts tomorrow. It's going to be beautiful. They're going to do some awesome stuff with it being Memorial Day. I hope there's a flyover. It's going to be the American flag. It's going to be a, it's going to be a special day. There's going to be a different feel at the ballpark tomorrow for these two games. This is where the Cubs can absolutely set the tone and get something done for the coming days. Set the tone. Start tomorrow. Come out ready to play. Battle these teams hard. Yes, they're better than you. But you know you know what's sweet in a season where you're currently under 500 by, what, eight games, nine games? They're under 500 right now. 
You come out and you, you upset these bigger, better teams. You come out, you play them hard, you give them hell, you work good at bats, you pitch well. And I'll tell you what, right now, if the Cubs come out above 500 in this nine-game stretch, that is a massive victory. Even if it's not necessarily a massive victory in the standings, it's a massive victory for what this team's going to look like. Again, there's a lot of fucking baseball to be played, folks. There's a lot of baseball to be played. Got a whole month of June still, whole month of July, whole month of August, and a whole month of September. And you play, what, until October 5th, I think they played to this year, or October 4th or 3rd? They play deep this season, and there's a lot of doubleheaders and all that because of the game, the week of games they missed at the beginning of the season. This is the type of stretch here, a nine-game homestand in seven days against two NL Central teams where you can absolutely either right the ship and, 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 and make this season intriguing or you can roll over and play dead. And I'm, I I hope the Cubs do the former and not the latter, but we're sure as hell going to find out. It all starts tomorrow. So, again, noon game, 640 game is listed on MLB Network or MLB.com, pardon me. We'll, we'll, we'll find out for sure. Again, I thought I originally saw a 605 start somewhere for that second game. Looks like they pushed it back now to just the traditional. This will be the last, second to last, pardon me. Uh, I think it's the second to last. No, it'll be the last uh, 640 start until September uh, at home. Night games will now go back to 705 because that's their rule. And for those that don't know, this is just a, a helpful, this is Ron's helpful hint for the day. Um April, May, and September home games at Wrigley Field during the week at night are 640, and then they bump them back to 705 for the rest of the summer. I think it's partially a daylight thing. It's warmer now, so, you know, it's not super cold like it is in April and, and stuff like that. But nonetheless, you got a big big stand coming up here for the Cubs, and uh, we'll be here with you at Cubs on Tap covering all of it. Um, it'll be a mix of, of all of us here on the microphone over the course of this week. And, again, if we're talking about – more positive than negatives and this team being above 500 at the end of this nine game stretch. I'll be a very happy man. I know juice will be very happy. I know Joey will be very happy. And I know all of you listeners uh, that tune into our shows on the regular will also be happy. Um, and it's also you guys that we appreciate. So let's all be happy. Let's all have something to be friggin' excited about. Um, I'd love to see a Memorial day sweep from these cubbies uh fly the w player of the series i know we didn't do this or juice and i did this for the white Sox when we didn't tweet out our picks memorial day weekend things happen so we're going to get back on track uh because we want you guys that listen along to join that conversation and, and 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 pick a player see if you get it right um but my fly the w pick for this brewer series it's a tough one but i'm gonna ride with a guy who just got back he's looked really good since getting back and he's a guy that i think needs to continue to have really a really strong rest of the season and that's nico horner and the reason i use i say nico horner because i think a lot of people forget nico is still developing like i think this season he'll finally eclipse like one year of service time in terms of like games total and i'll I'll have to look that up but he's he's still young he's still learning like he's still learning at the mlb level but he's starting to come around we saw the power uh in cincinnati a little bit three hits yesterday in that win over the White Sox on Saturday. That's a guy that can really be a difference maker to me in this Brewer series. I love him in that seven spot. Wouldn't even be mad if he hit in the six hole, to be honest with you. Um, but I really like him in that lower half of the lineup. He gives you something there. And I think this is a perfect perfect series for Nico Horner to come show up and show out. Uh, and it's going to be hot as shit at Wrigley this week. And in Chicago, it's going to be in the 90s. So if the wind's blowing out at Wrigley, 
get one in the jet stream, baby. He's been hitting the ball hard, uh, park a couple in the bleachers. Uh, I'll, I'll continue to be okay with not being in attendance for Nico Horner home runs if he continues to hit. So Nico's my pick. Uh, we'll tweet out all of the picks tomorrow. I'll get juices and joeys. Uh, and then again, we want you guys to jump in the replies to those tweets, join the conversation, and, and let's see who's right at the end of the series. It's always fun just to see who gets a good pick uh, for each series. But before I get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to remind you Cubs on Tap is the official podcast of the ONTAP Sports Network for the Chicago Cubs. You can check us out at ONTAPSportsNet.com and at ONTAPSportsNet on social media. You can follow the pod-specific accounts here for Cubs on Tap. We are at Cubbies on Tap. That's C-U-B-B-I-E-S. Uh, you can follow us Twitter and Instagram. I am at Loose on Tap on Twitter, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, you can follow our boys here at Juice on Tap, at Joey Knows Nothing, at Teddy Freddy 270 and all the other great people that contribute to Cubs on Tap at ONTAP Sportsnet. Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, we got it all for you guys. And as I always say on every show, I'm sure you're tired of me saying it. We all have friends that like the Southsiders. Repeat it with me. You can send them over to our guys at Socks on Tap. They do a great job covering the Southsiders. And bets, golf, you name it, we got it. Chicago Wolves are on a, a great playoff run. They're in the Western Conference Final. That's a shameless little plug for me. Um, be sure to follow along with that as well. Peace going up tomorrow on that series and that ultimate uh, win for them, taking care of the Milwaukee Admirals. And you can catch all of that over at ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet on social media. The ONTAP Sports Network, go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. For those that joined in the live stream today, thank you so much. Appreciate you jumping on with me. Um, to everybody that listens to this as a podcast, hope you enjoyed the show. As I mentioned, we will be back Monday night, uh, and we should be back pretty much through the rest of the week uh, for all of these games and then into next weekend as well. Um, and one really quick and final thought before I get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, and that is uh, a happy Memorial Day to everybody. Be safe. Enjoy the time with your families, but please do take a minute, at least out of your day, uh, to think about what the holiday actually does mean and, and all those that have served our country and yeah, you know, have fallen and given their lives and as a sacrifice, as service. Again, you might not like the war and you might not like the people pulling the strings on on these things that happen all over the world. Uh, but you have to at least appreciate the warrior and the, and the people that are willing to uh, to put their lives on the line uh, for all of those that are here at home. Um, my family is is littered with military, former military members. Um Thankfully, I have not lost anybody uh, in, in the line of service, but there are plenty of people that have. So think about those people. Think about the people that they lost. Uh, and again, just take a minute to reflect and 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 what truly appreciate what the holiday is meant to be. Um, you know, and then on a lighter note, it's kind of officially the kickoff of summer and that's exciting. And summer at Wrigley, there's nothing better than it. We hope to be out at the ballpark quite a bit here at Cubs on Tap. We hope you are too. If you see us or if you're going to be out, let us know. We love meeting people. We love getting to talk to you. And again, we all hashtag crack them and have a good time. We'll buy you a beer. Let's talk. Let's get to know the people that appreciate us and support us here as well at Cubs on Tap. So once again, happy Memorial Day to everybody. And as my good buddy Juice always says, fuck the Cardinals. Let's go Cubs. <laughs>